Thanks for tuning in to the Equip Podcast. My name is Jeff Christ. I'm the lead pastor of Gateway Assembly. We're so excited to bring you some leadership principles and practices to equip you in your calling. We believe that you can do what God has called you to do. So let's get right into it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Equip Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Celsius. Not really. We just said that, but we like Celsius. Uh, we're actually going to be talking about leading a multi-generational team. So we thought, I told them, uh, all the all the young ones here I, uh, around church, and I see them all over the place, they're drinking this Celsius. This is my second one. We recorded a couple episodes already. This is my fourth. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting a little wired. Nate said he's ready to go <laughs> creatively wood carve after some of this. Do you want to paint a picture or create something? <laughs> Cry? I don't know. <laughs> For the next 12 hours. We're still a little loopy and wired, but hopefully we can give you something um, that will help you <laughs> in some way. When we talk about leading a multi-generational team, you're talking a lot of organizations today, they have definitely more than one generation that's working for them. How many do you guys have working for you on your teams? Three. Three? We had three, had a tragic death. Now we have two. Okay, two. I would say three or four. Okay. Four? You have four. So you're, we're talking baby boomers. Gen X, Millennials, and Generation Z, which I, I honestly take that back. I got five because I got Papa's your, working. Your dad. Yeah, oh, boy. He's a builder. And well, that's called yeah, he's a builder. builder I got generation. Three. Yeah. Yeah. You have three? Yeah. The greatest. Okay. So definitely you see here, like already represented, which that's the typical. You're going to see three to four, mm-hmm. you know, five if you include Papa. He's 90 years old, right? 90 years okay. old. Okay. He's, wow. he's still kicking. He's getting it. Um, but with, Basically, all of these different generations, there's going to be a lot of different dynamics and differences that you're going to find between them. And here we are, like we're the body of Christ, you know, like we're, we're trying to lead organizations that obviously represent the Lord, churches. But there's a lot of differences in the generations. What are ones that just differences you can find? And, and again, I would just say this too, if you're listening, we are generalizing, okay? And so you can't take any one generation, just throw them in a category. But these are differences that we see that we find and then working on our teams. Do you guys want to just let's wrap it about a little bit differences that we see? You know, uh, my generation, uh, 50s, you know what? I, I put a priority on uh, task orientation. Okay. You know what? I, hey, let's get the job done. I don't necessarily celebrate wins like we should. We continually, yeah. my wife and I say that we need to celebrate what God's done. But you kind of... In my generation, get the task done, and then you're already, hey, where are we going next? Yes. And uh, so that's a biggie versus uh, I think your generation, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. David, I think it's more about process, you know, what working through. It's it's a journey, mm-hmm. and where we, my generation, will go on the journey, but to get to a, where yeah. the win is. Yeah, they love celebrating wins. You even find today, like, a lot of workplaces creating like this Google office sort of environment yeah. because the environment, the process, the day-to-day, doing it together, the team, it versus even just the product. And obviously Google has produced pretty good things, so they're probably onto something. Probably. So it's it's the process to the product, you know, and not just the product is what yes. you're kind of talking about. And yeah. you, were, you were kind of discussing this earlier too when I asked you. Yeah. Well, in staff meeting when I was on a larger staff before I was here, you know, we kind of listened and did where now they want to be included in the conversation. Yeah. They want to they want a voice at the table. They want to be listened to and even valued to where you would implement their ideas and stuff. It's not my way or the highway type of leadership. They really yeah. value the relational aspect of it, 
that you really value that they enter into the conversation. That's good. I think the way I've heard it said is it's it's dialogue versus monologue. You know, like mm. before it was kind of like, hey, the monologue, do what I say, just get the job done versus now you see this generation. Mm. It's not that they just want um, like evaluations, like where you would think of like a yearly evaluation or a six month evaluation, which is important, it's done. But they want like weekly check-ins. Like yeah. it's a dialogue. Like how am I doing? Here's like here's some thoughts. Like where can I grow? It's like they want to continue to be evolving on the day to day and not just like per year in evaluation. Are there any differences that you guys see immediately when you think of all these generations working, you know, in one organization for you? Well, first of all, I think it's important to have all generations, you know, at the leadership table. If you're trying to reach all generations, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to become, you know, what, what your leadership is for the most part. I think uh, from my perspective, the younger generations really value community to a way that maybe my generation didn't. Mm -hmm. We're more on the challenge side. We want to take, as Brad was saying, the task. But they're more community-based. If you build community first, then I think you can challenge them. For my generation, maybe we challenge them first and hopefully community happened. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting because community community is not a new thing. It's maybe the generation is just kind of finding some of that grassroots of the New Testament church being built the way it was supposed to be, you know, to some degree. And I think we're seeing a lot of like we talked about in another episode about collaboration. You're really seeing like them coming together, collaborating and being one team. And then you got now you got another generation coming up starting in 2011. It would be your alpha. grand, your grandchildren, mm-hmm. Generation Alpha. So that's going to be, especially you see, you know, the biggest differences we're going to find between generations is is technology. Although yeah. like there was technological advancements in each generation, it's the pace. I talked to my say my my grandparents. You know, like my grandma, she's in, what eighty six. Sorry to say mm-hmm. your age, grandma. Um, <laughs> but she just said, you know what? And when we, even when you talk about doing ministry, let's say right. She said, you know, we worked hard, we grinded at ministry, we're in the lives of people, but man, the pace that you guys run with ministry. And what's interesting is I never really thought about that anything different because it's all I've known because of technology. And especially when you think of Generation Z, they're digital natives. Right. All that they've ever known is technology. So millennials are kind of like this weird combination because they do remember like VHS and all that stuff. And now we obviously know the technology today. Whereas Gen Z, they're basically born out of the womb with a cell phone in their hand. Right. Like this is all they know. Technology has really changed the game. I think it can bring about a lot of good things. And obviously there's some bad things. Let's talk about stresses versus successes of leading a multi-generational team. Because we know this is the way it's supposed to be done. Rallying the generations, hearing from all of them, getting insight, input, um, utilizing them in a powerful way. But let's talk to me, start with the, the stresses. What are the, some of the stresses that you found in rallying all the different generations on one team? For me, David, I think just what you said, the pace, I feel my generation, at least for me, I feel as though, man, just when I'm becoming adept or having mm. some kind of acumen regarding a uh, particular technology, it's already changed. Yeah. And there's something, you know what, I'm, I'm driving down the road and man, I feel like I, I'm I, good with Twitter and uh, Facebook and they're talking about Twitch and yeah. they're talking mm-hmm. about Parlor and TikTok man, I'm like, and, yeah. TikTok. and I'm like, wow. And just, 
I think for my generation to keep pace, yeah. there that's a stress. Yeah, yeah. So. I think the I think the pace is a real thing. I think too. Um, I would imagine the stress that can come with just communicating with all the diff- different generations is a real thing, because the way that you communicate with them could be so different. Let's think about it this way: Generation Z. You can just you could go on Instagram and drop them a DM. Do you guys all know what a DM is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I smoked it once. <laughs> <laughs> Changed my life. Check out his testimony in a previous things. episode. Yeah. You know, so you like you drop, you know, you say you drop like a DM. It'd be like an inbox. You know what I mean? It's like you, you send a message that way, dude, they they can receive that. They can go. Right. Whereas like you do that to a different an older generation, like a baby boomer, they're they're trying to figure out how to get there. Right. You even even watch the pace with technology, the way a younger generation messages, they're kind of like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Send. And then you watch the older generation like. Yeah. And I'm not And I'm not here to make fun. No, my my sure, point is no. even the even the way you communicate and it comes back to a pace, the pace in which you can streamline things is yeah. different between generations as well. In staff meeting, I found that with the younger generation, they really want to know. I've, I've got to give the why. Mm. Yeah, it's real. I've, I've got to explain why we're doing this. Then if I've done that well, there's an incredible loyalty to the why. Like they're, they're all in. Mm. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Or the other ones might be like, uh, yep, one hundred percent true. As soon as they can get the why, you're talking yeah. about like feeling empowered, like just like or one. I think it might have been you, just like yeah, Angela. you said earlier, Pastor Angela, just like man, they'll go after it. You know, mm. they'll, they'll go after it when they experience the why. I didn't, I didn't really need this the relationship because I was so work oriented. Mm-hmm. I was so task oriented, like what uh, Pastor Brad was saying. Uh, my a lot of my all my team is task oriented, but they need the relationship. And honestly, you know, my Sabbath, uh, which is Friday, you know, we take our Fridays yeah, off yeah. and all that. I really enjoy just sitting down uh, with a co- coffee in my office. We go to Starbucks, whatever, with one of my staff guys. Yeah. And um, uh, that I know that's what they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love just. Having relationships. Yeah, and part of the, part of that, what's cool too, is you're packaging two things together by just having that relationship with them. They're hearing your heart. They're hearing mm-hmm. your vision. They're hearing the why, even yeah. in the midst of building relationships. And that's where I have found so uh, the success part with our pastoral team is as long as I build those relationships, they will they will hear my heart. Yeah, they will hear my heart. S- speak to me about some of the successes. What are some of the successes? It is work. It is stressful at times. Mm-hmm. There is struggle with communication. Like one of the things that I've even found is you're raising this bar, right? You're setting this precedent of the expectation you have for your organization, for your church, for the vision. And you're trying to cross the board. You're hitting this, this boomer over here and all the way over here is Generation Z, right? And it's not about lowering your expectation. The thing that I've always kind of come back to is that expectation without communication is exasperation. Mm-hmm. It's really like, it's, you know, is, what is it? Fathers don't exasperate your children. Don't right. like, just don't wear them out, right? right? I don't think it's wrong that we have expectation. It's, are we communicating clearly? And part of the problem is, say, I'm, I'm generalizing, but Generation X or Boomer's like, well, that's what you want done? Okay, I'll get the job done. Where Generation Z, it's more like, can I understand why you want it that way? Can I mm-hmm. understand your vision, your heart? So partly it's like, you could be communicating one thing and it's just like, here's the job, get it done. Yeah. 
But if one generation doesn't really understand how to get behind it, or maybe even they want to dialogue with you about it and feel like they're a part of it, they're not able to take it to the level. And so the communication isn't clear enough to be able to get it there. What are some ways that you found successful ways that either here's how we communicate that, that vision to get it forward, or here's some practical things we do they've been successful of rallying the generations and kind of bringing it together. Yeah, I think the, you know, the word tension comes to mind. We're willing at Rock Church to live in the tension to try to reach all generations. That's good. Not necessarily saying we're doing that, but we're, we're going for it. Mm-hmm. We're in a little mission statement, reaching, raising, releasing, and reproducing generations for Christ. Now that's not easy, especially on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. right? Because you got all these different generations there. Mm-hmm. But when we have our strategy meetings and when we meet, we're talking about all the generations. How do we reach them all? And if we're going to err, we're going to err on the side of reaching the, the younger generations. Yeah. So if we're going to, you know, not be right dead center, we're going we're gonna to focus more on the younger generations. But there's that tension, and that's where the stress comes in because you're trying to reach them all. And, yeah. and I believe this. If, if all generations aren't represented to some degree in that local body, yeah. it's probably not the healthiest church. You, got you know, I don't want a church of bunch of boomers or busters or just a bunch of millennials or fill in the blank. I want to represent heaven to some degree. I want to represent my community. Yeah. My community has all generations, so my church should too. That's great. It's super good. The success that we've had is, I remember my youth pastor came to me and, you know, I did youth ministry a certain way. You have a youth service. It's like a little church service and the music's just a little louder. <laughs> and uh, little. And he came and said, the way I'm doing it this way, I found that not only do they want to hear why from me, they want me to listen to their why. Mm. And so, wait a minute, you're changing youth group. What are you talking about? You only have a service twice a month and you're doing these other things on these other nights. Why? He explained it to me and I was like, well, that's brilliant. It's amazing. And uh, he, he found it incredible that I wanted to hear why. Yeah. I find it incredible that our youth group is growing like crazy. And he's not doing it like I did it. Wow. And kids are being reached and, and students are being uh, called. And So uh, part of it's not just connecting. you communicating well, it's you listening well. Listening. And uh, for an eight on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. that's not one of our it's strengths. It's harder to do. <laughs> so, but with Jesus, yeah. you can do all things. That's awesome. Christ, I think the word that just came to me uh, that generates success with multi-generational teams is patience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because... You're trying to align this pace of all these different people, and it's going to take patience to do so. Something we do once a month is just a simple team day with our whole team. And like, for instance, recently, we just went bowling with them all. We just enjoyed being together and created that camaraderie. What we tried to do is you talked about celebrating wins. We started the whole team day with breakfast. It was breakfast burritos, so good. And uh, we just celebrated wins. We celebrated baptisms, people getting filled with the Holy Spirit, salvations, um, our Easter egg factory at Easter weekend, our revival week. And we intentionally even planned it coming off of Easter weekend revival week to just like whew, take a break, break, like a breath together and say, you know what? This was amazing what God did. Let's take a breath. Let's celebrate. Then we went bowling. It was an awesome time. Other times we talk about new, like even administrative strategies. Hey guys, we need to like streamline our communication better. So we got on like Facebook workplace. That's like a practical thing that we did. And I say patience because Gen Z is like, yep, already got downloaded. Okay, yep, got my account signed and let's go. Whereas a baby boomer, mm-hmm. okay, so uh, how do I work this? So partly it's the patience to say, you know what? There's sometimes immaturity in Gen Z I got to have patience with. That's and correct. sometimes there's a slow pace with the baby boomers I got to have patience with. Yeah. 
but it's kind of equalizing everyone. I think about like um, in music, like when I play guitar, right? I hit a guitar pedal, it's called a compressor. And it's not letting these strings that come through be way out here, or these low end strings be way down here. But when I hit the compressor, it goes, and it brings every string. So when I hit the chord, every string is hitting at the same volume when it comes out. That's essentially what we're trying to do with our teams, is Mm. we're trying to bring all the strings compressed Mm. together to say, hey, I'm gonna have patience with your slow development and your maturity, let's say, and I'll have patience with your slow pace because I know you're slower in pace, such as Papa at 90, but man, you got wisdom I gotta learn from. And you might be fast paced, but the problem is that's gonna get you in trouble and you're gonna do things a little too hastily, right? So I think just hitting that compressor with Mm -hmm. our teams in in a lot of ways is gonna um, essentially allow us to get the best result. So let's just talk about this. Yeah, go ahead. Can I add to this? Uh, that's why we were talking about earlier, and I, I've said this for years at the, uh, to the church, that I will never have a traditional service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will never just have a contemporary service. Uh, because if I have a traditional service, all the old people will go to the traditional. Mm-hmm. If I have just a contemporary, all the young people will come to contemporary, but we'll have service together. Mm-hmm. And I take demographics, I, um, uh, numbers on our church about every four years and I just did it recently and literally we have the same amount of people in every age group it's great it is unbelievable I thank God for that um, and I always tell the older people without the younger people you're going to get stale and I always tell the younger people without the older people you're not going to grow in Jesus and be mature and have the wisdom. You mm-hmm. need the pillars of the faith. So this is the important thing because I see this a lot in churches. They're trying to um, almost politically set up their services to build their church. Mm-hmm. And we got to mm. come together because we all need each other. Yeah. Yeah. Different ages need each That's other. Good. Different generations need each other. Hey, Dave, let me ask you, uh, I, I would think that your church that's represented here it's probably the strongest in the multi-generational area. I could be wrong on that. What do you think is the reason for that? What's the success of that? I think I, it could be as simple as what you just said, like the vision of saying we're not going to be divided. I'd also say, too, something pastor's done well, and he kind of referenced this a little bit, but like he knows he's not going to be able to, like just go and reach you know, every single young person. Like mm-hmm. he you know, I don't, I don't want to say it this way, but he's not as hip as he used to be. You know, he's not like, you know I mean? Like I do think there's a, it's (laughs) yeah. Drink a Celsius. There you go. Hip. (laughs) This is brought to you by Celsius. No, like I think, uh, I think there is an element where like, you know, I'm 33. I realize, although I love students, I wish I could do it forever. I won't be able to do it forever. I'm, I'm relevant to them right now. I think there's a day when the gospel doesn't become any less relevant, but maybe I become a little less relevant to them, right? So I think something he's done well is to reach those that can reach those. Like he's made sure he's reached us. And if you watch our young people on a Sunday morning, because he's like reached me well, you're gonna see all of our young people, they're amen and pastor, they're clapping, they're taking notes. Great. He's 60 years old, right? I'm 33. Sorry, I said it out loud. (laughs) I'm 33, they're 20. You know what I mean? Right. So although there's these gaps, I think that's a practical thing that's been done is just not just his vision to say all generations are going to be reached on a Sunday, let's say, but also throughout the week reaching his staff. It's like, okay, I know I need to reach my seniors group, so I'm going to pour into this leader doing that. I know I need to reach my young adults, so I'm going to pour into this leader doing that. 
And it's kind of the, the philosophy of Jesus pouring into 12 and from there the rest of the world is reached. Right. I think simply that concept alone um, makes it happen. But you're getting your teenagers there, your young adults oh, there. Oh, yeah. And what, what's, what are you doing as a leader to get them there? I think something too is I make sure, and I think that in terms of church work, you can't allow any one ministry to become an island. Something right. we work very hard at doing, even say with our young people, is we say, hey, can't wait to see you at church on Sunday. We invite them to Sunday, and we don't make Wednesday the exclusive one-stop shop. I would mm-hmm. say that we see about it. I think we did the math. It was about a 76% turnaround from Wednesday coming to Sunday. That's, great. that's about, you know, that's a mm-hmm. C plus. It's not as good as I want, but that's, that's the reality. Great. Like. So we Sunday, they're not only coming part of the whole body, but they're getting discipled after. On Sunday afternoons, we do that with all of our youth and young adults. So I just think continually saying, like, it's not about just the gateway, like, senior group, meaning, like, um, the older people, right? It's not about just youth. It's not about just kids. It is about all the generations mm. coming together. I mean, what are the, some of the things that you guys have found, like, do's and don'ts? Like, leading a multi-generational team, what are the things, like, if maybe there's a... a a younger pastor. When did you start senior pastoring? I was 30. Okay, 30. You were 37? 37. 37? 19, no, uh, 38. 38? 30. Okay, yeah. so in our 30s, right? So I imagine someone say 33 like me, they're listening right now, or 38, 30 mm-hmm. years old, right? And they're leading a church of people, uh, let's say a team of people older than them. Or it could also be someone listening that is the age you guys are now, leading a team that's younger than them. What are some of the do's and don'ts that you've learned, whether you're young, leading old, or old, leading young? doesn't matter either way, right? What are the do's and don'ts you find of, found of bringing a multi-generational team together to unify them and reach them? You do got to care about them and what they're doing. And you do that by giving, I think, really clear, like a job description, expectations, and time. That's good. And uh, that you care about them, not just the job they're doing, but how are you? Mm. What's going on at home? I hear you like the mountain bike. Yeah. And, and really being interested in them as a person, not, a, not just what they produce for the mission of the organization. Um, I found that when I've invested that kind of time, it, mm. it, it always is beneficial and brings value to the organization. So making the relationship the just as important as the result. Yep. Absolutely. And I think on the, uh, we use the term team, you know, and we're using that, you know, in the New Testament term probably would be David body. But you know, what is an appreciation and an affirmation of everybody's role? You know what, that uh, the older has to appreciate the younger and the younger to appreciate the older. But you know what, we understand we're not a team unless we have that appreciation and affirmation. I need you. Mm-hmm. And I need that impact of the younger generation and they need us. But you know what? I, I'm a big basketball guy. I don't want everybody to be a point guard. Yeah. I can't have everybody being a, 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 a power forward either. I got it. We all have to fulfill our role to be a healthy team. And yeah. man, when I come at it from the lead pastor, Hey, let's appreciate each other. Let's affirm each other. I, I think it's it's well on its way to yeah. to being healthy. That's great. That's great. You talk about um, you know lending an ear, listening, speaking into them, not just do your job, get results, but also how are you doing, 
relationship. It definitely, that is kind of like a, a, a mentoring take on things. So really you have like the two M's of leadership with, a, with any team, but let's talk about multi-generationally, how you approach it. Management yeah. and mentorship. Mm-hmm. And really there, there is this sort of constant hat on and off that you guys are doing because at times it is managing like, I need to see these results because it, it is an, it's a business, an organization, right? right? right. But it's also that I need to mentor who they are. I think a simple thing that I've discovered is you don't manage people, you manage projects. People are producing projects for you, Mm -hmm. right? You manage projects, you mentor people. Mm -hmm. What are some of the practical things you guys have found though, either how you balance mentoring and management or maybe what your approach looks like? How do you even know, like, I wanna learn from this, how do you know when somebody needs like the management on their project and when somebody needs mentoring on their life? How do you guys um, balance some of that and handle it? Whew, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a good answer. Uh, I think if, first of all, it's, every individual is slightly different, right? Mm. Whether it's personalities or, or gift mix. Some people need to be, you need to help them. You're mentoring them as you help manage them a little bit because they just, they don't execute real well. So your mentorship kind of moves into more of a, a managing approach. Yeah. Other people, the way to mobilize them and move them is you got to be very relational. You got to give a lot of that a boys, a lot of encouragements, okay. um, uh, you know, things of that nature so that you can get them to, I don't want to say be productive, but to be fruitful for, for the ministry. Yeah. So it's just, you know, like some people I've tried to manage some people. It's like, this guy needs to be encouraged. This guy needs to be yeah. mentored. I need to go out and have lunch with this guy. Yeah. Other people aren't like that. Yeah. Other people, I got to give them some good pointers, step one, two, and three. And then they, they, and then they a see, Celsius and they're good and to go. Bam. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. One thing that I've learned when you've, uh, when you have found a good team, mm-hmm. honestly, you know, I know we're talking about different generations, but when it comes right down to it, we are all the same. Mm. We want to be appreciated. That's true. We want to be encouraged. Yeah. We want to yeah. be, we want, uh, to have that mentor, pastor, senior pastor, our boss, spend a little time with us and spend a little time in our, even in our ministry appreciating and so again uh, i really encourage the senior pastor just to be patient visit if you have more than if you have one two three staff just take time and visit and pour in and build a relationship Mm -hmm. with that individual yeah i think that's huge because if you really think about it managing people brings a dependency Mm -hmm. They're going to have to be dependent on you every time to accomplish yeah, things. Yeah, right. Mentoring brings an independency in, yeah. a, in a great way. It's like, it's the difference between feeding somebody fish and teaching them how to fish. Right. When you're mentoring them, you're really teaching them, hey, here's what I see in you. Here's your unique gifts. Here's what I want to bring out of you. And the thing I've even found too is when you have a multi-generational team, it isn't just over here, you for the kids and you for the youth and you for this. Let's say when you talk about a church organization, it's more than that. It's seeing how they all can pour into one another's ministry. Right. Like, for instance, I got like Generation Xers giving me thoughts mm-hmm. on reaching Gen, Gen Z. Yeah. Or like we got Gen Zers pitching thoughts for a Sunday morning to even reach out to baby boomers. I think it's everybody bringing their skill sets to the table and mentoring that and pulling that out of them. And one thing I'd say to anyone listening right now, it doesn't matter whether you're younger, older, where you are found, where you find yourself in your leadership right now, I think something that just hit hit me, the, why is this important? 
Like, why is this idea of leading a multi-generational team important? Because I think somebody could be listening and just be like, man, it'd be easier if I just have one generation yeah. and I don't have to worry about all yeah. this. Are the successes worth the stresses? That's the conversation, right? Should you do that? That's the question. Should you have that team? Jesus did. Yeah. yeah. If you look at the ages of the people on his team, John, super young, Peter, a lot older than John. Jesus had a multi-generational team. Good work. And you look at what Jesus did, he didn't just manage what they do, although you know, we manage projects, we have, and some people need certain tweaks, I think is a good word. It's like when you got a good person, you don't have to change them, you just tweak them, help them. Sure. But Jesus mentored what he saw in them. Mm-hmm. And you even think about when Jesus, remember he sent them out in twos, yeah. and he gave them, what does the Bible say? Authority. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you talk about this idea of giving people authority, I think there's too many organizations that they're just over the shoulder of every, every one of their team members and their team members never get to a point where they feel like they have a sense of authority to go after it. Right. Can you guys talk to me, how do you mentor? How do you pour into that authority? The word that comes to me right now is basically authority without accountability is what becomes really dangerous for an organization. How do you empower and give authority to your team members and how do you manage that and mentor that with accountability? Any practical things that you guys do that? Yeah, we do. We do something. And in fact, I asked the guys, if you guys have ever done with your staff, keep, stop, start. And they can tell you what to keep doing, what to stop doing, what to start doing. Hmm. It kind of give you a little insight, especially if you make it anonymous or with team leaders or anything. But they said keep what we call an agenda meeting. And so that's a meeting once a month where the staff makes the agenda. I don't do anything. But listen, wow. they said it's their favorite meeting. <laughs> they come in, yeah. Sometimes it's a really long day if I got some back-to-back yeah. agenda meetings. That's a lot of listening for an eight. But they come in and say, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. But they know there's several questions I'm going to ask them at the end. Hmm. How are you? How is your family? How is your marriage? What are you reading? What are you doing? Um, I noticed you were here on your day off. You know, they're th- I'm, I don't just listen, but the end I can input. But that's a... That's both an accountability and a mentoring time. And they find it extremely helpful because it shows that I believe they're significant, that, that I, I care for them in their ministry, and then I know what's going on, which really helps me be informed. Even though we have our team meetings and nobody's really siloed, we don't, we don't really like that. Um, they say that's their favorite meeting. And there is accountability there. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I you notice you cancel this and you know, or whatever, what happened, what went down. And it's a great time of communication. That's good. Cause communication really will stifle most conflict. Right. If we just talk and stay. Communication. Yeah. I think that's such a great thought. Cause the thing that I've found is that when I trust someone, I can entrust someone. Yeah. And when you, when you really talk about authority, that's an entrusting of something. That's like, you're saying, Hey, you represent me. Hey, you're gonna do things on behalf of me. You're going to, help deal with it, whether with issues or bring creativity, whatever it is, it's on behalf of me as the, mm-hmm. the leader. You're entrusting them. And when you have that accountability and that communication, that's like the, the trust is being built as a team. Like we're talking about things that matter. We're growing together. There's a trust built. So now that, that accountability really grows that authority in a, in a beautiful way. Is there any other tips or tricks of the trade you guys have? We do a first in the 15th. I have the staff. It helps me stay informed. And we do a map ministry action plan. Okay. What have they done? 
and uh, some wins that they've seen in their personal ministry, and then want them to reflect. It's always with a reflective piece on a personal level. What's God doing in your heart and your life? What's what's a dream that's yet to be fulfilled? That's good. And just to take that, it uh, it helps me stay in the loop. And then, like Nate said, to hold them accountable. How are you moving towards that dream that's in your life? And you know what? Uh, it's not heavy-handed. It's not kind of what you said, David, over the shoulder looking. It's just to help them. It's a component, a matrix to be able to help them, you know what, stay on course with and keep me in the loop with them. Yeah. Man, I love that map. Ministry, action, plan. plan. We got we to gotta start that. That's good. <laughs> I like it. I think if I were to just leave you with one thought, it's this. I think just acknowledging that there's differences between generations and mm -hmm. celebrating those, yeah. respecting those, that's enough to walk away with right now. Good. Sometimes it's all about like, we're thinking, okay, I gotta change all that. And I got, you know, just acknowledge there's differences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Celebrate what's different about each generation. Celebrate that this generation is super technologically advanced and they're savvy and they can pick things up. You know, uh, what's uh, Elon Musk, I don't know his name, but his like lead designer, you know, he, what he's like 17 or something like that. Wow. Do you know, what, you know how he learned how to design? YouTube, where you're watching this right now if you, for the people wow. watching it. He didn't have all this schooling and all that. That shows you this generation is so technologically savvy in advance and they can learn and pick up things and go like it the previous generations it's not like that the same but there are skill sets from every generation there's wisdom from every generation just acknowledging we're different like he's he's rocking over here the tiger's like uh what is that track jacket jumpsuit whatever this have made the miles for seven years <laughs> <laughs> t-shirt you know like i know like that's just our wardrobe but that's how generations are too yeah. you, we talked about in, in previous episodes how one generation's like suit and tie when they yeah. you know did their pastoring where other generations uh, they dressed down. I think just acknowledging and celebrating that is a good thing. To not think that that's a problem, no. but that's actually something that we can celebrate and love about one another. So, Amen. hey, we're we're so glad you guys tuned in. I'm gonna have Pastor pray just over. Any of you, you're leading multi-generational teams. Hopefully in your household, you don't have multi-generations. <laughs> I mean, you got your hands full yeah. with that. But on whatever level, business, church, whatever it is you're leading, we just always are thankful that you're tuning in. Would you email us? If you have any thoughts, suggestions, topics, questions, anything, email us at equip at gwafamily.com. Pastor, would you just pray over all these leaders? Lord, right now we just ask for your beautiful hand to come down upon, if it's leaders, pastors, parents, whoever it may be, dear Jesus listening, and dear Father, Lord, just direct them, give them patience, give them the wisdom of you yes, Jesus. to lead the team that they have been called to, and also they've been given by you to lead. And God, we just give that to you, and we just thank you, dear Jesus, for the churches that are listening, Lord, yeah. just bless them in an awesome way. In your precious name, amen. 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 amen.